Hey friends, welcome back to the Living Out Loud with Allie and Amanda podcast. My name is Amanda. The Living Out Loud show is where we invite a different guest each week. We give our guest the opportunity to share her story. Our hope is that their story will encourage you in some way. My name is Allie, and I want to say thank you to our awesome listeners for letting us into your life every two weeks. So grab your coffee or favorite beverage, and let's get started. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I can't (laughs) sing. I'm so glad you're a singer because I am not. But you're the fitness girl, and I'm not. in the shower really good. I know you can. (laughs) I know you can. I believe you can. It is. It's December. This is the best time of the year. It really is. Especially with this being Wesley and I's first Christmas, Mary. We had so much fun decorating our little house for Christmas. We worked hard. Um, We actually bought the Christmas tree three years ago when we were dating. But we got to decorate it with our all of our ornaments from our wedding, and um, it's just it's adorable. We got to hang the stockings, and our favorite part was I decorated some garland that I just got from Walmart, and we got to hang that over the door outside when you walk inside. And so I just love it. I love being able to celebrate our first Christmas together and be in our own home together. That is so special, Allie. I'm so excited for y'all. I remember our first Christmas married. Lance was a student pastor at Cedar Crest Baptist Church in West Monroe, Louisiana, and it was we got married December twentieth. So oh. it is our nineteenth year married. Wow! So and so anyway, we got married. It's so special, just everything that surrounded that, our youth ministry, our church, and how they were just so involved with everything. So when I think about this time of year. I think of them, and they gave us, for our first Christmas, they made us um, Christmas ornaments with um, youth, like, just the date and just different ones. It was so sweet because we didn't have any ornaments. Yeah. And so when I pull those out every year, I think of them, and I think of our anniversary and Christmas and how it all goes together. It's just a sweet time. Last year, I remember it just going by so fast. I remember... It being January and saying, wow, like, did Christmas even happen? Like, I mean, it was just so scattered. It was so busy. We weren't living in the same house, and it was just so hectic. And so this year, I've really made a point to how can I really get the most out of this Christmas season? And Pat Ward, our pastor at the Orchard, had a wonderful sermon last Sunday that really hit home for me and Wesley because we just really thought about how are we going to have more time to let God come in and how are we going to create more space for him in the waiting of this Mm -hmm. Christmas season and it goes right along with Advent too because um, the first week of Advent is hope Mm -hmm. and hoping and waiting and having hope that Christ is coming back and having hope that you know the Israelites had that hope that he was going to be born Mm -hmm. and he was and now we have hope that he's going to come back and so my hope this Christmas season is just that I take everything in that I can and that I allow God to use me to be his hands and feet and create more space for Mm -hmm. him to come in Mm -hmm. and so that I can get the most out of this Christmas season because if not, you blink your eye and it's over. It is. It's a great time of the year, but it's also, it's a sad time for a lot of people right now. Um, I know I have friends that have gone through some really hard things this year. They've lost some loved ones. I can think of two friends right now. Um, that lost her sister and um, a friend 
some children that lost their dad. And one of the things I wanted to share today is something that God put on my heart to to give them as a gift. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Bottle of Tears ministry. No. I heard about this from my, our friend Jamie Ivey's podcast. Um, I think she had, I don't remember when it was, but she had Lindsay Wheeler on there. I think I'm pronouncing that right. But she started this Bottle, bottle of Tears ministry. And it's from the verse Psalm 56, 8. You keep track of all of my sorrows. You have collected all of my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book, each and every bottle. So she has these vintage bottles that you can go on her website and you can pick up. They're beautiful. They're all different kinds, shapes, um, sizes, and you choose the bottle that you want to order for whoever you're going to send it to. And each and every bottle has a gift wrapped in a craft newspaper bag with a note that explains the heart behind the bottle of tears. And so God just, I've been, I've seen it for a long time. And this Christmas, God just put it on my heart because I have two friends that, you know, need some extra prayer just to send them something to remind them that they are not forgotten, that God sees their tears and just to remind them that you're praying for them and thinking of them extra this Christmas. So I wanted to share that in case. What a special gift. I mean, a lot of times we just try to give gifts just because we feel like we need to. Mm -hmm. I'm very guilty of that. You know, I'm like, oh, I'll just get something because I have a gift card and I'll use that as my gift. But I mean, how would, how would Christmas change if we actually worked on getting special gifts. They could be $10. You know, they don't have to be mm-hmm. very expensive, but just meaningful gifts like that. I mean, it's so simple. It's a bottle and a note. Yes. But it would go so much further and just mean the world to that person. Yes, and you can do it any time of the year. It doesn't have to be Christmas. But what I think so great is right now they have these ornaments. So it's like these tiny bottles that you can hang on your tree. And what yeah. a great gift, like you oh, said. Yeah. So I'm excited about being able to share that and and show somebody, you know, some of my friends some extra love in that way and just letting them know that I'm thinking about them and praying for them. Sure. Well, we'll put that in the show notes as well. And you can find the show notes by clicking on the picture. If you're using the podcast app, you can click on our picture and it has the description and links to what we talk about. Or it's just if if you're using a desktop or a laptop computer... Um, you can just go to our website through that and see all the information there. Yeah. Today, our special guests are Mary Brantley Nally and Kathy Mayner. And these are friends of mine from, we have known each other for 15 years. Lance, my husband, and I, we moved, our first move away from our hometown, West Monroe, we went to Huntsville, Alabama, and where Lance was on staff at Whitesburg Baptist Church, where um, he was a student pastor. And it was, Mary Brantley was in our student ministry. She was in our middle school, and she was one of the first girls that I met when we moved there, and I fell in love with her, um, just with her personality and just her heart, um, and her mom, Kathy Maynard, was a lady that I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, one of the ladies in my life that God put in my life to be there, um, just when I had my first baby there on our first move. And it's so great to have them here today because they are going to share a story, um, a real-life story of God using them and them being obedient in rescuing, um, help, helping and rescuing a lady 
who was homeless, right? Is that right? Okay. Right. Yeah. Mary Brantley's going to um, start us out kind of sharing this story with us. All right. Well, I guess just to give you a little bit of background on me, um, I grew up in a Christian home, and um, I feel like my parents just gave me a really good foundation of um, just that what the gospel looks like, and that is just to love others and to serve them, and that, you know, life is not about me, and that it's so much bigger than me, and that God has given me a purpose, and um, so I feel like at a young age, like, I understood that well, so that's just kind of my background. Um, I'll skip ahead to, in 2009, I got married. Um, I was 24 years old. I was planning on going to physical therapy school in Birmingham, Alabama, and my fiance, Lee, at that time, got a job in Atlanta. I decided to just um, get married and move to Atlanta instead of going to school. So when I moved to Atlanta, I was kind of just searching for jobs. I had a background in biomedical science, and really, you can't do much with that, I didn't think, except to go into more school. So I was looking for, like, random jobs, kind of, and I got connected through a family friend and started working um, on a fire protection company just doing assistant work and it was really random and at the time didn't seem like there was a lot of I don't know it's just something to do but like looking back I see that there was a ton of purpose for me being there and so the location of this office it's right off the interstate you get off this exit ramp and turn left, go past the gas station, and the office is right there. It, it was, so basically the location is kind of important that I'll get back to, but that summer of 2010, I started noticing this lady that was always on the exit ramp right there where I get off to work. There's a light right there. And I, you know, I would occasionally give her a bottle of water, I don't know, there was something about her that I was just really drawn to, and she was there often, so I knew that she, wherever she stayed, it was close by, and around that time, I had also, my mom had just read the book, The Same Kind of Different as Me, and she loaned it to me to read, and so I had just finished reading that book, and my husband and I were also in a couple small group, and we had, we were in the process of reading Radical by David Platt, so I was having, at this time in my life, I was having, like, just a lot of conversations with my husband and people around me, like, you know, what does it look like to just live radically for the, for the Lord, and we, like, I feel like the verse that the Lord put on my heart was James one twenty two. that's prove yourselves doers of the word, not just merely hearers, and I was like, I just wanted to do something, you know, I was like, I don't want to just hear all of this and be inspired, but like, I really want the Lord to use me, and so I just, I can look back and see how the Lord so specifically just placed even those books and the people in my life at that time because he was really just preparing me for what was about to come. And so 
here's this woman that I see often, and I, like, really can't get her off my mind. I, like, come home, and I, I kind of have, like, you know, told Lee, like, you know, I'm just I'm praying for this woman to see on this exit, you know, she's homeless, she holds this sign, and I'm just, you know, right now I just feel like I just need to pray for her. And so as I'm praying for her at night, I just really very clearly hear the Holy Spirit just kind of urge me and say, well, we really, you know, you just need to go ask her what she needs. And I'm like, um, you know, that's, it's not really my personality. Like I'm a big introvert and I don't think I always was. I mean, you're probably like, you were not oh, yeah. an introvert when I knew you, but in my older age, I've just Become gotten more. to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was like, I can't, I can't do that. Like, I can't just talk to a random stranger and just ask her what she needs. But it was very clear to me that that's what the Lord was calling me to do. And so not out of courage or confidence, but purely out of obedience, I was like, okay, you know, when the time, when the opportunity presents itself, like, I will say something. And so my office, um, I would leave for lunch often and um, just go park, like, um, kind of right off the exit. There's this driving range, and I would go park at the driving range and eat my lunch. This one day, I'm eating my lunch, and I just feel the Lord saying, you know, go talk to her. I'm like, I don't even know that she's there, and I kind of look behind, you know, look at the exit ramp, and I can see someone standing there. It's too far to know that it's her, but I I know in my heart, I'm like, that's her. And so I have to, like, get back on the interstate and turn around to get back off on that exit ramp. So I get off of it, and it was, like, just perfectly set up. I think I was the only car there, and I feel like the red light was, like, red for – I think I probably stayed – there through a red light but anyways I rolled down my window and I was like excuse me and I'm like hiding behind my sunglasses <laughs> and I'm like do you mind if I ask you a question and she was like sure and I was like you know what what exactly is it that you need do you need food do you need money do you need a place to stay like you know what is it that you're searching for you know she was like well I kind of need all of it, but most of all, I need your prayers. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I've been praying for a long time. You know, I just loved hearing that because, you know, it was it was a little bit of, I mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of people say that. But for me, it was like affirmation. Okay, well, I have been praying for you. And we just... We started just talk like I felt like we had the longest conversation right there, but we like instantly connected. It it was like I was just talking, like I was kind of shocked at how like normal this conversation went. You know, just I just felt you know you look at homeless people and oftentimes you just feel like there's not a lot that you can relate to or I don't know. You just seem to be so different, but in that conversation, the Lord quickly just like bonded us together and just, I don't know, I just was instantly connected to her. And we like share, I 
remember sharing with her that I was married. My husband's name is Lee. She told me her name was Patty. And I was like, Patty, I see you here often. Like, I'll be back. I'll, I'll bring you food, clothes, and I'm praying for you. And she just kind of grabbed my hand and was so thankful and so appreciative. And that really touched me as well. And so anyways, I, I before I went back to work, there's like a subway right there. So I did grab her sandwich really quickly and turned around and she was at this time walking on the sidewalk back towards this gas station and um there's this big tall man walking with her that I later learned that they call black anyways I gave her the sandwich and you know she's like you're my angel and she always called me called me her little angel and anyway so I went back to work and I was just, I mean, I was so excited just because I knew, like, I just felt really affirmed in my my step of obedience to just talk to her. Anyway, so I called, the, I called Lee, my husband. I was like, you'll never believe I had the best conversation with this lady, Patty. And, I mean, he, you know, he kind of knew a little bit about her. But so I kind of told him how the conversation went and... We, we've got to do something, like, <laughs> immediately. Like, we got to help her. I don't know what that looks like, but, you know, we need to be praying about this. And he was, like, immediately, like, on board. So, anyways, I go back to work, and um, an hour or so passes, and um, I look down at my phone, and I have, like, several missed calls from Lee. So, I call him back, and... He was like, well, after we talked, I just felt like I needed to drive up and meet Patty. And, and so I was like, really? Like, you just, you, you know, like, you've never, you know, seen her or anything. You just felt like you needed to drive up and come talk to her. So he, he was like, yeah. And I was like, how did you find her? He's like, I remember you saying that she hangs out at this gas station. And so... I just, I went to the gas station and I parked and I saw this woman walking with this black man and she looked exactly like how you had described her. And so I, I was like, Patty. And he said that she just kind of like put her hand up, like didn't even turn around. Like, cause the people, I guess the people around there kind of know her and speak to her. And so he's like, he t called her name again. And this time she turned around and he was like, it's Lee. And she was like, Mary's Lee? And he said that he, she just ran up to him and embraced him. And I, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I've told her his name one time. And I just feel like in that moment, like, it was just such a God thing of the Holy Spirit working in Lee's life, working in Patty's life, in my life. Like, it was like this union that he just right then and there it was like, okay, we're, we are connected, and we know that we're for each other, and um, so they ended up having this amazing conversation, and he was like, so I decided to um, invite her to spend the night with us. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like, you know, um, are you sure? Do you feel like it's safe? And um, he was like, yeah, like, you know, why, why would we wait? Anyway, she ended up, she had, she had a cat 
and she wanted to make sure that the cat had a place to stay before she just left for the night. And so she told him, you know, not tonight, but let me have a friend that can maybe take care of the cat. And so maybe another night. And anyways, I was just so touched that my husband was just on, like, so much on board with me. And um, just totally understood my heart in this and, like, that the that God had really just, you know, as much as he had spoken to my heart about it, he had spoken to Lee's heart about it as well. So anyways, that that's kind of how it began. I began having lunch with Patty multiple times a week. I would get worried if I didn't see her during the week. We just began this great friendship. And I mean, her story, I couldn't believe her story. Like, I wish there was time to share all of the details, but it's amazing that I was like, I don't, the way that she got to be where she is, I I just couldn't believe it. But it also was, I wanted to just, the more I heard her story, the more I'm like, you know, God wants so much more for you. Like, we got to get you out of here. And, and she want we had like very just blunt conversations with her. We're like, we love you. You'll always have a home here. We will always help you out. But if you, if homelessness is not something that you're looking to get out of, like we need to know because we're, you know, like we right now, like we want to do all that we can to get you out of being homeless. And if that's just not where, you know, if you're just not looking for that, then we're still going to love you and, you know, reach out to you and be here for you, but we're not going (laughs) to spend our time and effort to try to get you out of, out of here. And she was like, no, like, I, I don't want to live like this. I want, I want help. And it was a very, it was not always like pretty. And, you know, she, she drank and there were times when she would come over to our house and she would be drunk and that was really hard for me and and I got to the point too where it was like we were really invested but um I was super overwhelmed because we basically would have these conversations where it's like okay so are we just do we just need to adopt her basically I mean not like legally she become our child but it's like does she just come live with us and we just pay for everything? Like we were looking at different shelters around Atlanta. She had been to some and we were just kind of getting some closed doors. There wasn't a lot opening up. And so we were just really kind of just feeling stuck and feeling like so um, in over our heads because it was like, We didn't know exactly. We knew, like, the Lord wanted us to invest in this relationship. But as far as, like, what the future looked like, it was really confusing. And um, I know that my mom will kind of, well, my mom will kind of share her part of the story. But I did, you know, I I told my friends and family, we had awesome friends and family that, were praying and, you know, supported us in this, but this was our thing, you know, like, it's not, you know, they were praying for us, but they weren't necessarily, like, investing the same way that we were, and, um, 
And if, you know, some people were really scared for even our safety of just, like, taking in someone off the streets. But, um, so around the time that I feel like my mom's heart was kind of transformed in all of this, my pastor at North Point Church, Andy Stanley, gave this sermon that was basically, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And um, he kind of shared his story of how he, um, in his younger age, he met a homeless person and helped them. And it was like years and years before this person's life was transformed. But he was just so, super encouraging of just like, you just do for that one person and, you know, don't, you don't think that any of this is in vain, like the Lord is working. And so I was super encouraged by that message. I was like, okay, like we are doing for Patty what we wish we could do for everyone else. And um, so my mom's about to share her story. But around that same time that I heard this sermon was when I get a text from my mom. And it just... It was like, okay, you know, we can, we can do this. And I, you know, just really felt like the, the Lord just kind of gave me this army to just go, go into this battle to get, um, to help rescue Patty. But anyways, I'll turn it over to my mom now. Okay. So Mary Brantley has called me and, um, told me that she's become friends with this homeless lady. And she told me that, Actually, the lady was only two years younger than me, but she had been a model, and she had been on the cover of Seventeen, and me Bradley said, I actually think I found the magazine cover on the internet, and my, I must tell you, and Patty knows this, that I thought, yeah, and I was Scarlett O'Hara and Gone with the Wind, <laughs> and I thought, this lady is, is crazy, and I actually began to Google, you know, information about what makes someone homeless and alcohol, drug addiction, mental illness, and I thought, well, she's, you know, we knew she was an alcoholic, and I thought, well, maybe she's mentally ill, too. But also that book, Mary Brantley mentioned, same kind of difference to me. I had read it in 2009, and I remember saying to the Lord after I read it, man, that would be so neat to be able to do for someone like this person did. It was about a, a white man who helped a black man who was homeless, and I mean, it just it's the neatest story of, of their friendship. And so I feel like God uses books and different things in our lives. So anyway, um, Mary Brantley, I become very interested. I'm calling her all the time when you've seen Patty. But mainly I was praying for Mary Brantley's protection uh, because, you know, I didn't know how safe she was. And, you know, the guy out there with Patty later, I found out he had a criminal record. And my friend in Huntsville, Mark Stearns, who works with homeless people, told me that Mary Brantley wasn't safe. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very concerned. And um, anyway, as I told you, she told me, you know, Patty had been a model and uh, was on the cover of 17. But anyway, the first week in December, I had been given a ticket to a Beth Moore conference, sort of at the last minute. And I felt like, you know what? God wanted me there, and that's why I was given the ticket. And the very night I was there uh, was the second night that Mary Brantley and Lee had Patty in their home. And so I texted Mary Brantley while Kay Arthur was speaking and said, do you have Patty? And she said, yes, she's here, but she's drunk. 
So I told her, I said, hide your knives. She said, Mom, she's not that way. And But see, I had never met her. But I began praying for God's protection over me, Brantley and Lee. That night in the hotel room in Birmingham, I would wake up praying for me, you know, God, please protect them from this woman. And what if that guy shows up, you know, too. But anyway, the next day, um, Priscilla Shire was speaking. And basically, she said, you know, we asked for God to give us a miracle. And when he puts us in a situation for a miracle to happen, we run. We're scared. He says, if God speaks someone or something to you, you need to act on it because he's got the victory. You don't need people going along beside you telling you to be careful. And that's sort of what I was telling me, Bradley. You need to be careful. Well, boy, that really, the Lord just used that to really speak to my heart. So I sent her a text. I said, me, Brantley, God has spoken Patty to you. Therefore, he's got the victory, and he wants me to help you. And she sent back, thank you, Mom. I am overwhelmed. So on Monday, uh, I went out to our downtown rescue mission and met with the head of the women's ministry. Her name is Kara. She's a recovered addict. And I just felt like this is where Patty needs to be. But I was to learn that's not exactly what Patty thought. And even though she would go, yes, I think, you know, that sounds good. And and she did say she didn't like being homeless. That was had become her. And she would tell you that became her comfort, her security. It was her box in the woods. Um, and basically, she had trusted people in the past that, you know, had hurt her. And so she was afraid to trust anyone. Um, so the next weekend I went to Atlanta, I was going to meet Patty. So me, Brantley, and I went and picked her up behind the Exxon station, uh, and took her to me, Brantley's house. And I heard her story. And I'm sorry, I still get emotional. That was in 2010, but I cannot imagine someone my age living in the woods with no electricity. It was freezing cold. No bathroom. A man out there that was raping her. Um, she would beg for money, and then she said he would take it. She had a son that she had not seen in 13 years, and he was eight years old the last time she had seen him. And I imagined every Christmas, because this was December, I imagined 13 years of spending Christmas without my children, spending my life in a eight four by eight wooden box, and. I have to give a shout out to Georgia Tech. She said it was some Georgia Tech college students that built that for her. Um, but anyway, my heart broke for what was I had to know was breaking God's heart. But I knew he held the key to her pain and her hope. Patty's front teeth were missing, which, you know, I sat there and I cannot imagine how do you go from walking on the runways internationally, being on the cover of 17 to living in the woods with your teeth knocked out. Uh, she was almost blind from cataracts. Uh, and I could tell, Mary Bentley, I could tell she had a hard time seeing because we remember we watched the, a movie um, that weekend. I think it was that one with um, Bride Wars. Yeah, and she had to get right up to the TV to see it. Um, but anyway, I began to speak truth to Patty about how much God loved her and that he was all about restoring relationships and that he could restore her relationship to her son. 
and I knew my dentist would make her teeth, and I just knew God would find someone to take the cataracts out so she could see. Um, I could not imagine her turning this down, but she did. She wanted to go back to the woods on Monday morning, so I went to Walmart on Sunday and bought a zero-degree sleeping bag and some food items and candles in jars. She used those for warmth and to see. And we walked along the railroad tracks back in the woods to see where she lived. On my way home, oh, and I might mention too, when I asked her, what can I get you from Walmart? She wanted me to buy her a chain and a lock so that she could try to lock her sliding door so she could lock herself in and protect, feel protection. Um, but anyway, I cried all the way home just thinking about uh, her life, her hopelessness and her pain. And when I got home, I remember just saying, you know, Lord, I can't do this without you. i got to know that you're in it, uh, because if you're in it, then I know there will be victory. And so in my Jesus calling for that day, it said, if you want to work with me, you have to accept my time frame. And the verse was Job 4, 42, 1. It says, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. And that was the hope I needed to hear, that he was in this, and his dream. And in his time, victory would come. There's a verse in Lamentations that to me describe Patty. It's chapter 1, verse 9, and 3.16 says, Her filthiness clung to her skirts. She did not consider her future. Her fall was astounding, and there was none to comfort her. Her teeth were broken, her teeth were broken with gravel, and she was trampled in the dust. She was deprived of peace, and she had forgotten what prosperity is. Well, I began to enlist everyone I knew to pray for Patty. My husband and I were in a couple's Bible study, and they, you know, began praying for her. I woke up during the night, not praying for me, Brantley's safety, but praying for her safety, praying for her protection. I even prayed spiritual warfare. I could envision the demons out in those woods that were keeping her captive mentally, and I just began to pray that God would, you know, free her um, from from her captivity. Um, I imagined myself in her place, and it was beyond comprehension. Um, anyway, in Psalms 27, 13, I found lots of verses that God spoke to me during this time, and this one says, I am still confident confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And then I wrote this prayer in my Bible for her. Lord Jesus, please bring Patty out of the darkness and into your light. Defeat the demons and any strongholds. Protect her from evil. Heal her heart, soul, mind, and spirit. Rescue her physically. I pray your truth triumph over lies. Set her free. Give us wisdom, Lord. Please, Jesus, look down on this lost soul and save her. And then in Psalms 103, he says, He forgives all our sins and heals our diseases. He redeems us, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, and he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. So many verses um, that I could share, but two more. And one in Luke, Jesus says, I have come to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind to release the oppressed. 
And I said, God, please do this for Patty. And then in Galatians, me Brantley shared this verse with me from Annie Stanley's sermon. It said, do not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you, not, if you do not give up. He also spoke to me through the story of the friends who let their paralytic, I'm sorry, that they let their paralytic friend through the roof. And Jesus looked at them and said, because of your faith, I will heal him. And I said, Jesus, will you heal her? Because I believe I have faith. And so I'm going to jump ahead to January 2011. Mary Brantley found her son on Facebook and I contacted him. Mary Bradley said, Mom, Patty doesn't want her son to know about her. And I said, I know, but i got to know if he wants to know about her. So she was so embarrassed, you know, for him to know where her life had gotten to. Well, I sent him a Facebook, and I said, I am friends with a homeless lady named Patty DeBrule Moody. I am looking for her family. Do you know her? And he sent back, oh, my God, that is my mother. I have not seen her in 13 years. Please call me. And so I did, and I, I told him, and so he began to pray, and he shared with me when he was uh, on a youth uh, weekend that um, he shared the story of his mother with the, the group and how God had told him that he would see her again one day. So a big snow had been predicted that it was going to hit, and so I asked Patty if I could put her in a hotel for the week, and uh, she said yes. And so I went and I saw Black and I said, Black, I can only put you in a hotel for one night. I just don't have the money. And he said, well, you know what? I'll be fine out here in the woods, but you, will you go to uh, Big Lots and buy me a cell phone? And so I said, sure. So I went and bought him a cell phone and I believe that God used the cell phone later. I'll share that with you. Anyway, um, so after a week in the hotel, uh, every night I could call her and talk to her in her hotel room and pray over her. And me and Brantley would call her. And so we would just be praying over her and speaking truth and telling her how much God loves her and how powerful he was. And um, on Sunday, after she had been there for seven days, me and Brantley and Lee went and picked her up, took her to church, and then brought her back to their house. And I'm on my way to Atlanta, just so sure she'll come back to Huntsville, that she'll come to Huntsville with me after you know, getting to be in a warm place. But Mary Brantley called me and said, she's taking a nap and I don't think she's going to come. And so I went anyway and shared some scripture with her. And uh, it's a beautiful story in uh, Zachariah, but I won't, you know, share that right now. Um, but a friend of mine, uh, Mark Sturris, like I said, helped me to understand why Patty won't leave. He said, that guy, Kathy, is a perpetrator to her, but he's also her savior, and she will not leave as long as he's out there, and so I began to pray that God would change his heart, or just get him out of the picture, well, that day at me Brantley's, um, she didn't want to go uh, back to the woods, but she wouldn't come to Huntsville, and so I said, Patty, I can put you in the hotel for two more weeks, and then will you come, me Brantley's going to come to Huntsville on January 28th, she was uh, going to be a, a leader and a disciple now at our church. And she said, yes, she would. Um, that would give her time to get all her stuff and get it to the hotel. Well, I could tell that next week in the hotel that she was not getting anything to, ready to come. But I will tell you this, on the way to take her back to the hotel for me, Brantley, she looked at me and she said, why are you doing this? And I said, Patty, this is what the people of God do. And I said, he loves you. And... He wants us to love you. 
And so, um, anyway, I put her back in the hotel. In the last week that she was in that hotel, Black got arrested and put in jail. His criminal record was he had a past for being a drug dealer. And he also had told me that he had committed murder in his home state up north and could never go back. So you can see why I was a little concerned for my daughter's safety. But you know what? I knew God was in it. And so I knew that he would protect her. But anyway, when he got put in jail, Patty told me on that Monday of the last week in the hotel that uh, she would come to Huntsville. Now, I want to tell you that this Bible study group I was in, several of the women in the group gave me money to help cover the hotel cost. And when Patty was concerned about the cost of the hotel, I told her, I said, Patty, I have a feeling that when people find out that they'll give me money. And sure enough, they did. And I told her that. I said, Patty, my Christian friends, you know, want to help you too. So anyway, on January 28th, um, me and Brantley brought her to Huntsville to our house. We went to my hairdresser's that afternoon, and she cut her hair, gave her a new hairstyle. The next morning, we met my dentist at his office. For the first time, I saw Patty smile because he said, Patty, I've got good news. I can make you some teeth. And then in about a week, I set her up an appointment with my eye doctor. He called me the next morning at school. I was a teacher at the time, and he said, Kathy, she's 85% blind in both eyes, but I found an eye I know an eye surgeon that will take her cataracts out. And so that weekend, though, that she was at our house, I began to see hope and life emerge in her. And within less than a year of leaving the uh, woods, she was reunited with her son and her siblings. Another neat thing is, um, so I had been in touch with her son, and I never told her that until later. Um, but any, when I knew she was ready, and then her sister found her on Facebook. So I went to the mission. Okay, so backing up on January 31st, we went to the downtown rescue mission because, see, I knew she couldn't live with me. That wasn't the answer. She needed to enter a rehab. And so they have Celebrate Recovery, and she went into their Celebrate Recovery program, uh, and it was an 18-month long program, but every weekend I was getting her, and we were doing things, and I remember her once saying, you know, Kathy, I was existing by the railroad tracks waiting to die, and now I feel like I'm living, and so within less than a year of coming back, she had re um, reunited with her son through letters, and eventually went out and got to see him play in his last football game. Her sister found her on Facebook because someone at the mission had created her a Facebook page, her sister came um, and actually to one of her graduation steps. In 2012, after she uh, graduated, she went to her son's wedding in Hawaii. She is now on staff at the rescue mission, helping women like her. She just last week got back from seeing her son, his wife, and their new granddaughter, her new granddaughter. The Lord has truly given her back the years the locusts had eaten. This is a story of a life rescued, redeemed, and restored. And this is what happens when God shows up. Uh, that weekend, I attended the Bethmore Conference. The only words I remember were the ones from Priscilla Schreier. If God speaks someone to you, he's got the victory. He spoke Patty to my daughter, and he confirmed it to me. If Patty were here, she would agree with Psalms 40, which says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit of mud and mire. He set my foot on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. 
And there's a verse in the Bible that says, Is there anything too hard for God? And I say, Absolutely not. So that's our story. And what an incredible story. Oh my goodness. There's so much to learn from that. And one of the things that just stands out to me is Mary Brantley being raised by an awesome godly mom to what she learned growing up and what she talked about of, you know, she was raised knowing that life is not about her. It's about others and serving God and just the teamwork that you guys displayed and how you guys brought back a life. I mean, Jesus did that through you guys because of your obedience. And, um, I love what you, just a reminder of if Jesus speaks something to you, that he has victory over that, no matter what fear we may have, because it's so easy. Like I, I totally get that the world and the day that we live in just to, to reach out and help someone. It can be so scary, not knowing what's going to happen on the other side. Um, because so you do hear so many stories of how, you know, people can be hurt and just never knowing the other motives. But what is important is being obedient. And if Jesus speaks something to you that he has victory over that, what a great message. One thing that really sticks out to me is not only did you have the obedience to act on that, um, but that you had the obedience to continue throughout, however, I mean, was it a year, a year and a half? How long? Oh, no, the amazing thing, because I felt like she wouldn't survive the woods. And I remember saying, Lord, we don't have six years like Andy Stanley. In 2010 of December, I met her in January the next month. Wow. She came to high school. Wow. It was two months that I was invested, a little longer for me, apparently, but not much. Not <laughs> Maybe long at three. All. Wow. Well, and, and during that time, I mean, I know you talked about this, Mary Brantley, how you had just felt overwhelmed and in that spot that um, you almost felt like you wanted to give up. You knew you wouldn't give up right. because you know God had put it on your heart, but you said, okay, I started this, I committed to this, and I know you're going to have the victory in the end, so I'm going to just go through with it. And that's a, a spot that I would see would be so difficult is that middle point, not just the beginning, because you don't know what's right. going to happen at the beginning. She could turn you down and you could never see her again. Like right. a lot of people do on the streets now when you try to talk to them and you probably never see them again. But not only did you say, I'm going to invest in you now, I'm going to invest in you even when it's hard and we've been doing this for a month and a half, two months. I'm going to continue because I know it's what God wants me to do. Mm -hmm. And I can understand why you got so emotional, Mary Brantley, about your husband being in the same yeah. place because that's, that's hard. Like a lot of times husbands, just like a mom, will be protective and thinking, okay, I've got to make sure that I'm protecting and that because I don't know anything about the story. But the fact that he was seeking the Lord along right. with you, that's got to mean so much because you knew what God had put on your heart. And you knew what he was telling you to do, um, what to do. But it was so important that he was telling Lee to right. because you couldn't do it by right. yourself. Right. You couldn't invite her right. into your home no. without his um, approval with that and you guys being one on that. So That's right. just that you had your husband and your mom, and I'm sure you had your sisters and your dad and all of that too. But those two people that were so... Um, that played such an important part in all of it. It's just like that whole teamwork of just that whole puzzle fitting together. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. And y'all are still friends with her today, right? Yeah, you know, she spends a lot of Christmas. She spent her first few Christmases 
at our house. Um, but the other thing I have to say is of the community of Huntsville. My friends became her friends. Mm -hmm. I have friends that take her. That first year, I felt like I was so critical for her knowing that I was not going to abandon her. But then I was working, and I just felt like, you know, so my friends invested in her. They took her to her doctor appointments. Even Gary, my husband, took her to some of her appointments uh, because he was retired. I was still teaching. But, you know, I have a couple of friends, Kim and Donna, in Huntsville that have just really invested in her life. And Karen, another friend named Karen, just so many um, people there in Huntsville that, you know, just felt that wanted to, to you know, invest in her. Um, it's so like, it's been a, 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 yeah, it's so neat how the Lord brings people along. This is an amazing story, and I'm so glad that our, not only are Allie and I getting to hear this this whole story firsthand from you guys, but our listeners to hear a real life story. Like this is this is real. This is what a life has been changed because of your obedience and 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 just listening to the Lord. And I'm so great. I'm so honored to know y'all and to be like great friends with you guys who were the hands and feet of Jesus, not just talked about it, not just but did it, and um, I'm so thankful for you guys, and thank y'all for sharing and taking the time and staying over. I know, Kathy, you stayed in Atlanta with to be with Mary Brantley so that y'all could share this story together for our show, and I just am so grateful. Thank you so much for doing that. We are oh, so well, I just, to me, to God be the glory. It is a, to me, it's it's an amazing story, and and I'll just say this: she really was a model. She really. Oh my Her goodness. sister brought when her sister came brought all these magazines with her in it. You talk about drop dead gorgeous. Oh my goodness! It's so neat how the Lord brings people along. Stay tuned as Allie and I have a few words to wrap up this incredible story about rescue, redemption, and restoration. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior. I think nothing could be more appropriate than this real-life story of redemption, rescue, and restoration. What Kathy and Mary Brantley did by obeying the, the nudge of the Holy Spirit, telling them to go and give their time, their money, um, all of it, to Patty in just different times in that story is just an example of what it means to be obedient and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And when we think about what Christmas is and giving, that's what Jesus did. That's what Christmas is all about. He came, God gave his son, Jesus, to come and rescue us, to redeem us and to restore us. So many times God calls us to give our time to give our money, or to give all of it. And when we ignore that, we are ignoring who we are. Yeah. It's not just about what we do, but it's about whose we are. You know, God had a choice to send his son to come and rescue us. He didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Kathy and Mary Brantley, they didn't have to, to do that to help Patty. And just like what she was talking about, how Kathy at first was more concerned about protecting Mary Brantley, which is so natural yeah. and of us as humans. But in the end, when God spoke to her through Scripture and through that conference and Priscilla Schreier, she was obedient. 
and the reason she was is because that, and, and the reason Mary Brantley, they were both obedient, is because of whose they are. Right. And, and God sent his son because he loves us, and that's who he is. Mm-hmm. In the end, we have a choice, but in the end, we also make that choice and end up not really having a choice because we're going to do what he's called us to do because yeah. of who we are. It's right. like the fruits of the Spirit come out in our life as a natural overflow of because of who we are. God says that they will know who we are by our fruit. Mm-hmm. And so to me, this whole story just goes together um, of what God did for us by him sending his son, being born in a manger, coming to earth from a perfect place to a dark world to save us and to restore us, to redeem us, to rescue us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you invite God into your life and you accept him as your savior, I mean, the Holy Spirit is in you and it guides you and it directs you. And that is a prime example of how the Holy Spirit guides and directs you. I mean, you hear stories of, you know, drive somebody driving down the road and they just had a feeling that they could pick up this stranger, this homeless person, because they just had this feeling. That's how they describe mm-hmm. it. And that's the Holy Spirit prompting you to do that. And so, you know, what prompting, you know, it convicts me, am I missing because I don't have my eyes and ears open, ready and looking for that. And, and especially around Christmas when people are running around and everything's hectic and you know, everything's about presents and gifts and almost more about themselves. How can we look for those promptings mm-hmm. and actually be Jesus to those people and mm-hmm. maybe open their eyes. And, and that's what God's calling us to do. Um, so we would inc- we want to encourage you to say yes to the Lord this Christmas season. I mean, say yes to him and s- invite him in and see what he prompts you to do. And then once he prompts you and once you obey, we want to hear about it. So let us know. Share your story with us. It's hard to believe that this is our last show of 2015. When we started in July, we had no idea what God had planned. The stories that he had for us to share with our listeners. Um, And it's just been overwhelming. It has. We just want to thank you so much for your support, your prayers, your encouragement, just tuning in to listen to these wonderful women share their stories. And um, just to be encouraged by one another and by Amanda and I. And We look so forward to some stories that we have coming for the new year for 2016. So get ready because they're going to be great. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. (laughs) We wish you a Merry Christmas. And I don't know how to sing. So felt its word. Nothing of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh, hear the angel voices. Christ was born.